Welcome to the second episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my friend and co-host, Adrian Pinter. How's it going, man? General Kenobi, I am doing quite well. How about yourself? Ah, I'm okay. Yeah? Yeah. Just okay? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah, I'm doing quite well, man. You want to know why? You got that dog. No, not yet. I'm getting that August uh, 20th, but I just wanted to remind everyone I am getting a dog. Oh, so it's confirmed. 100%. What kind of dog are you going to get? Deposit put down, baby. Uh, It is a Golden Pyrenees, which is a Golden Retriever and Great Pyrenees Mountain Dog Mix. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be a beefy uh, unit. Um, A beefy unit. A beefy unit. Good, good to know. Uh, did we did we talk about any of this at all last I week? I don't think we talked about no? the brand of dog. No, yeah, it's uh it's it's one of it's I really wanted a golden retriever and um then I read up on Great Pyrenees Mountain Dogs as well and that was uh, super interesting. Anyways, I'm getting her. It's a lovely young lady, bitch as you would say, named Ellie. Right. Yeah. Oh, you oh you committed to the name Ellie. I committed to the name Ellie. As in the character from the uh, famous hit series also coming to HBO, The Last of Us. No, I uh, actually named it after the Beatles song, Eleanor Rigby. Are you joking? Yes. So it is Ellie from The yeah, Last of Us. Yeah. Okay, cool. I just think that's a good dog name. It is. It's pretty good. I think it's good. Yeah. It's short. It's easier to say than some names, like Reddington. Yeah, a little bit over the top. I was uh, going to choose either between Ellie or Clementine. I do like the name Clementine. I really like the name Clementine, but if I ever have a daughter, I want to name her Clementine. So I want Oh, to... so you can't have the dog being named the same as the, the I dog. I mean, like I could, but yeah. <laughs> It'd be a little strange. It would be a little bit odd. So yeah, I ended with Ellie. I also thought of Karma. Uh, I didn't think of that. Um, my lover did. And uh, just so I could be like, Karma's a bitch. Oh, that's a missed opportunity for the few times you'd make that joke in the first year. Exactly. I, I like Ellie. It was a good choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you, man. I we're, appreciate that. We're going to start the... I like sh- you. What? I like you. Oh, I, I, I like you too. Okay. Um, <laughs> We're going to start the show off actually with a little bit of a, uh, I guess, mailbag type scenario. One of our listeners, Kenneth Stadelbauer, actually sent us a little email on our email as you can too at splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. So if you hear something throughout our show that... Uh, you find is inaccurate potentially, or you just want to jump in and throw a topic into the mix, please email us. But Kenneth Saddleborough essentially wrote into us and he said, love the first episode. Technically, Bob Iger stepped down as CEO of Disney. He's been trying to retire for years. Bob Chappick, formerly in charge of Parks, is CEO. Except with the outbreak of the pandemic, Iger was back to running things. He agreed to stay on a year and forego receiving a salary because of how much Disney is losing right now and because he's Bob fucking Iger. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. That's actually kind of, uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, he's rich as shit. Doesn't really need to be paid anymore, but I mean, like he could live multiple lives with the income he has earned. It's true. The reason we're starting the show with this piece uh, is because of the fact that 
uh, we made an inaccurate statement last show. Yeah. And so the idea is we want to be as accurate as possible. There are enough inaccuracies on the internet at the moment in terms of information, and we, we want to make sure that we're a source of accurate info. And so I thank you, Ken, for jumping in and sending us that email uh, because it, it just helps us to be, I don't know, keep us honest, I suppose. You, I think you had uh, two corrections that you found on the show when you listened to it back as well. Adrian. Yeah, I did. So there's a couple corrections and also just little piece of information. So last week we talked about how our uh, Canadian Crave TV subscription pricing of $20 Canadian is quite expensive. We were curious how that compares to the HBO Max service in the States because I think that would be the closest comparison to the same service. Well, HBO Max is $14.99 American, which once converted to the Canadian dollar equals just over $20 Canadian. So it ends up being pretty much the same price. I imagine you get more out of HBO Max. It's an assumption. Potentially. But... We're going to see what happens. Like, There's a lot of things, and we're going to talk about it throughout this show, but the Snyder Cut, is, as an example for, for Justice League, yes. is coming to HBO Max. Will it come to Crave? There's also the question... For HBO Max versus Crave, Crave has stars as an option. You're paying an extra $10, but Crave also has other original programming on Crave as well as stars content that's, that's free. That's true, like uh, Letter Kenny as an example. Yeah, I think that's, and that's uh, something Crave that TV. won't necessarily be on HBO Max. So it's kind of a varied mixed bag. The difference between Netflix in Canada and the U.S., people in Canada traditionally say, oh, our Netflix is worse. I don't necessarily think that's true. I, some, we have different content in the U.S., and some of it's just different. And we, we have some content they don't have that, w that we have, et cetera. Yeah, I think just Netflix in the U.S. has more selection, not necessarily a better um, like variety of shows, just more. Yeah, maybe. In theory. Last week, I also mentioned that Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote Moana. That is factually wrong. Uh, what I meant to say is that he wrote some of the music for it, most notably for the Oscar-nominated song How Far I'll Go, which is an absolute banger. Yeah, I I did notice that you said that when you said it. I didn't correct you because I thought you meant he wrote the, the songs. That That is what I meant. Yeah, okay. But we're just, hey again, man, we're trying to stay honest here. You so keep me honest. I, I will. You keep me honest. I won't. Oh, okay. That's unfortunate. But please... Again, if you're listening to this podcast, listener, please just jump in, uh, splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. It's in the description as well. And let us know what we've done wrong. For sure. Uh, and actually, I have one final connection. This one's a small one. Uh, I mentioned how Blind Spotting was one of my favorite movies of last year. It was actually released in 2018. Oh. That's it. It's a quick one. All right. Great movie, though. Highly it's, recommend it's it. It's not a good outing for the first episode. We had four corrections. Yeah. Hopefully we'll do better. However, this time. technically you had the biggest one. So, which one was that? The Bob Iger one. I think I think you were wrong about that. I was right. Well, I said he came back. No. Okay, I'll just let you have it. But we have no uh, evidence. Thanks again to Kenneth Saddlebauer for writing in. Okay. I appreciate it. The next thing I guess we should talk about is just what we've been watching. Like, what have you been watching, Adrian? TV shows, movies? What have you been? Uh, I've been watching uh, movie, single. <laughs> so okay. we actually talked about like a couple movies coming to streaming services last week and the one that stuck out to me the most was the old guard yeah cool you i watched, watched it as well oh so we can just talk about it freely here that's pretty uh, cool another thing you'll notice on this show is we're definitely not going to be spoiling anything uh, if we do a spoiler cast we're going to specifically label it as such in your podcast feed so mm -hmm. keep that in mind but the old guard starring charlie theron 
We both watched it. I watched it yesterday. I assume you did the same. Technically today. Oh, was okay. that, uh, like I night? started watching it at like 12, 12.30. It's a Netflix release. It's uh, Charlize Theron is, is starring, as well as it being a comic book adaptation, which is interesting as well. Uh, so it's an adaptation of the comics for the old guard. Yeah. Yeah, one thing I'll say is a pretty cool premise. I just, I just thought the plot itself was kind of cool. It was a neat idea how essentially these four people are immortal, quote-unquote. Yeah, they're like basically a team of wolverines. A team of wolverines, <laughs> so honestly. Of, I just kept thinking that. I don't know, although that's not that, I, I mean, this, this idea has been done before and that they all heal. Uh, yeah. That's their ability. And they don't age. They've been around for a while, and they've essentially just tried to do good in the world over the course of centuries. Uh, in some cases, thousands of years. It's a little bit unclear with uh, one of the characters. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good movie. I don't know. I thought it was pretty all right. Like, not, nothing spectacular. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I, I had a good time watching it. That's, that's fair. Just for context, the director is Gina Prince-Bythewood. There's been t- talk potentially for the idea of continuing this this is a series it's it's very much a superhero movie uh, and i don't know in the vein that marvel or dc is and that or x-men i guess yeah that they're again they they heal uh my standout part of this movie was <laughs> it's gonna be a tech thing is the sound i thought the sound design was amazing and again i listened to it on an atmos setup it sounded really good Yeah, I think it sounded pretty uh, decent at parts. I actually, I wrote a few notes down. You didn't like the sound. Is that what you were about to say? Yeah, one of the things (laughs) is I thought the audio editing uh, was a little bit off at times, most notably just the people talking and how I noticed a few times. Within the first five minutes, I noticed at least twice or three times where the voice didn't sync up with the people's lips. Whoa, I never noticed that at all. Oh, I noticed that. I I was was watching audio. I didn't see that. Uh, I was watching you, with headphones. You're certain it wasn't Bluetooth lag? Certain. It was It was uh, the RF frequency. That could still be lagged? <laughs> no, I'm certain because I, I only noticed it a few times. It wasn't throughout the movie. It was usually when like a scene was being cut and you know, it was showing the side of someone's head and then the lips just didn't sync up with what was happening. Oh, okay. Um, it honestly reminded me of, uh, this is kind of an odd comparison, the, the last couple seasons of Arrested Development, which was notoriously awful for the audio editing and how the creator of that show essentially just added, like made the uh, actors film a bunch of different audio scenes oh. and then cut it together, how he saw fit. Um, yeah, that's last season. Was, was bad. There's like a literally like a five minute scene where there's a lens flare on Jason Bateman's face with just was, audio going on. It was kind of funny though. There's like I don't know. It was comical in the way it was edited. It I don't was know. a little bit ridiculous. <laughs> I still love that show though. I actually I still uh, I like season four and five. Definitely, I don't think are as great as seasons one through three. But I still really enjoyed those last two seasons. Yeah, I liked it a lot as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, one thing I will say about this movie is. I really love the kind of aesthetic, how they're, they have these medieval-esque swords and axes and stuff while having these modern-day like military body armor with guns and everything along those lines. Yeah, I this really is very like much that. an action movie. Yeah. Like they're, they're, the way that they're helping people is protecting them from some force. They kind of step in throughout history to help. And so I think using melee weapons, it helps if your gun's going to potentially jam. Mm-hmm. And they actually point a reference to that at one point in the movie where a gun does jam. Yeah. It's just, you just solve that problem completely when you have a sword. So and that, a cool looking sword for that matter. 
But yeah, in terms of like just the plot line, long story short, the four old guard, they do missions for different, I guess, governments to rescue people, simply put. And they get betrayed, simply put, and are kind of on the run trying to save themselves while also having revenge. During that time, this is a very minor spoiler that happens super early on in the movie. They realize that there's another one of them that has just found their immortal powers and they go to try to find this person. And all in all, I just thought the movie itself seemed fairly generic. I thought the writing of the dialogue was fairly corny and a little bit awkward. I still re- like I still had fun with it. I think the action scenes were stellar, but the one thing that I noticed that I think was done awful. Like actually like I when I saw it the first time I was like, "Jesus Christ, this looks like shit." What? Is the skin regenerating effects. And they kept on showing it and they kept on zooming in. It looked like like a PS2 like graphic style. I thought that looked like I shit. I didn't find that either. No? No. No? That's yeah, I like saw that and I like started laughing. I was like, "This looks so fucking bad for a movie about people that can regenerate themselves." And the regeneration effects look look like shit. To be to to be blunt, I thought it genuinely looked awful. That's fair, and I, I would agree with the part about it being general. There's nothing really remarkable about the plot. That would be what I would say. I, I would say that that would be the the problem with it overall. I never I didn't find that the graphics were too bad. I thought the fight scenes were well choreographed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the fight scenes were pretty awesome. The action was stellar. I love like the grotesque violence that they bring into it. Just how bloody it is and. They don't really hold back on that whatsoever, which I'm a big fan of. I, I just like grotesque violence occasionally. Sometimes I just want to see people get murdered brutally. And by bleed. dinosaurs. Definitely by or dinosaurs. Or by other people. Yeah, or guess, by other people. I'm honestly down for that. And again, it kept this sort of fun tone where it seemed to take itself seriously and not go too campy, but not too seriously where they're still willing to kind of make jokes here and there. And be quite self-aware, which I appreciated. Honestly, tonally, I thought it was pretty good. Again, I just thought it was a little bit cringy at times. Just poor writing, poor dialogue exchanges. Oh, the one thing I will admit, though, you're is very critical of this movie. I, am. I, am. I, I did not hate it as much it, as you did. No, it sounds like I didn't like it, but I did. Like I would like to see more of this. Yeah, but I just thought it was like pretty meh. Like it was a good popcorn flick. The one thing that uh, definitely I did think was great is the relationship between the four old guard people and how they communicated with each other. They looked, they seemed like four people that have known each other for hundreds of years in some cases and the relationships between them and how they played off each other. I really enjoyed. I really did like that. My favorite scenes were when it's the four of them together, just shooting the shit and talking. That's one thing I really, really enjoyed about this movie, but they eventually bring in uh, another character, the character of Niall. I forget the actress's name. Anyways, the actress that plays Niall, I thought she was fucking atrocious. She was awful. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like looking at this girl, and anytime she did anything... Kiki Lane. Kiki Lane. Which I feel is, bad now saying her name now that you... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> said she was atrocious. I thought she was... Yeah, Again, like, I didn't think she was atrocious. I she, thought she sucked. Maybe and, I need to look at this in a more critical and critical lens. Not only that, there's a, there's a scene, like a couple scenes that take place in a military camp, and every single person in that military camp 
looked like they were fucking taken off the street and have never acted in their lives. That entire scene where they're at the military camp, I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Maybe we should have chosen Tom Hanks' Greyhound instead as the movie we both watched. Maybe. Although we should probably watch that. That that's uh, Maybe I'll get around to it. Yeah. But yeah, honestly, I thought the yeah the, all the Marines were awful. Like I was just looking at this, and I'm like, I can't believe like this is happening. I was like, did they spend all of their budget on Charlize Theron? Did they spend all of their like budget for actors on her exclusively? Well, she went till edgy four. Yeah, he's really great. He's yeah. really great. And honestly, everyone else I think did a great job, including the other three Royal Guard dudes and everyone in that. Like, there's like a like a science facility, whatever. I thought everyone was pretty good there. And again, the the villain of the movie is very comic booky, but again, it's based off a of comic book, so that makes sense. I really just thought that Kiki Lane girl sucked in this movie i looked at her um like filmography and she was in something beale street a very like critically oh, uh, acclaimed um, beale street if beale street could talk yes if beale street could talk and i know that's a very well-regarded movie and she's apparently fantastic in it i kind of want to watch it maybe <laughs> so i can see like her actual acting chops but she just seemed out of her league i guess in this or maybe just maybe just playing off Charlize Theron throughout most of the movie. It just was a glaring <laughs> issue to me, I guess is the best way to put it. Sure. And I th- also thought I'm going to, this sounds like I'm being incredibly negative because right now I am, but to be, to be honest, I, I actually really enjoyed this movie. I had fun with it, which is, which is like one of those lines that I think the use of music in the movie felt so out of place so many times. That's actually... Okay, so that was my criticism with the sound. I thought the, the reason why I complimented the sound, I didn't notice any lip sync issues. Uh, it was... It was only a few times. Uh, it, was, it was really well designed, especially with the helicopter and the military base, uh, airplane, etc., etc. It, it seemed very good with the height channel, so I, I really liked that part. But the music, it sometimes just landed in a... I don't know. It seemed out of place just because the music is all one genre, and it's very... I don't know. It was odd. It's very poppy. It's yeah. all pop. Maybe I just don't. I just don't like necessarily just having pop music as a as a backdrop for movies. Maybe that's the problem when you when you throw pop music in there as as your montage sequence. I don't necessarily prefer that. No, I, I agree with you. The first time I really noticed that the music was off, it's again fairly early on, and it's with the character Nile. Again, very minor spoilers because this happens right off the bat. She finds out she's the, she's the character that she's one of the old guard people. and Well, you find that in the trailer. Oh, you do? So, uh, I never watched the In terms of spoilers for us on Split Focus, we're going to spoil things that are in the trailer. Okay. That's as far as we'll go. Okay. It was in the trailer specifically that her character is uh, another okay, in, cool. inhuman type immortal person. So that works. Cool. So, yeah, she... she you know, finds out she's immortal and then grabs her iPhone and puts headphones in and then sits down and starts playing just this music. Yeah, it's almost and, like it was sponsored. It it felt that way. That's, and the camera yeah. just stayed on her a little bit too long. It was like 15 seconds of this song playing while she's just staring ahead. And that was the first time where I was like, man, what the hell's going on here? Why, yeah. is, why is the music so... Out of place. And then all of a sudden it just cuts off. And then Charlize Theron's there. And she's like, hey, come with me. It was... Um, yeah, it went a little too long. That shot was held. That's That was the problem It was weird, man. Moment, for sure. Yeah, I would agree. I don't, Again, I didn't hate it. I, I thought it was good It was good for the most part. I yeah. think it was generic was, would be my main criticism. Other Definitely. than that, I find that it was 
well made. I enjoyed it. I thought the choreography was good. Definitely. I said the sound was good 15 times. Uh, it was good. It was well produced for Netflix. I imagine this movie definitely would have gone to theaters, or am I wrong? It it's is a Netflix, Netflix original, so, so maybe not. Maybe not. Because Netflix doesn't usually release very much to theaters. Like Uncut Gems went to like smaller theaters, but it certainly didn't go to any of our big cineplexes. Yeah, they. I feel like Netflix only does it for any of their Oscar bait movies, I guess. So uh, the Irishman yeah, like, as an example. Yeah, because they want to be able to win, and you have to exactly. go to theaters to be to qualify for yeah. a nomination. Yeah, and that's fair. Yeah, I, I wrote in my notes specifically. The acting is really quite shit. <laughs> that's just one of the, one of the right. notes I wrote. I don't want to nitpick too much. I don't want to seem too negative. What else? I, what else? Was I there? do recommend this movie. I think it's fun and a good time. But there's a few uh, flashback sequences regarding uh, Charlize Theron's character, whose name is like Adam or Andy or whatever Andy. the hell. And it's a short form for her actual name because she's a thousand years old or something. Yeah, and she's just in like you know modern day like England or sorry uh, like thousand year old England or whatever, however long ago, and just talking in a modern American accent. Oh, where I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was thinking, like, America wasn't even a country yet. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's actually a plot hole. I don't yeah, like that. Because it, some it of the so other jarring. characters who are also immortal, they have accents. Exactly. Wait, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't at all. She oh. had a modern day American Wait, she accent. She wasn't speaking a different language? No, she was talking in English. She's speaking in English, sorry. Sometimes they do this thing. I don't I didn't really get that impression, but maybe if I went back and watched it, they do this thing where everyone's speaking English. And then there's like varying accents, but it ultimately doesn't matter because they're not really speaking English back then anyway. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't ultimately matter in that way. You know what I mean? Yes. So the English is like a, we're hearing it in English as the audience, but ultimately they weren't speaking in English. I don't know if that, that's what they were going for. Again, I'd have to go back and look at the visual style and see if that was what they intended. I didn't notice that though. So Oh, I noticed that immediately. I, I was so that's confused. That's a little jarring because there, there are if the other actors didn't have accents and were speaking in perfect English, then it wouldn't have been so obvious. Yeah, it was glaringly obvious to me. But yeah, other than that, like again, I just... Other than that, I loved it. I, Is that what you're going no, to say? No, no. Like, again, I, I, I enjoyed the movie. Okay. I, I actually did enjoy the movie. I just think it's a little bit corny and, again, a little bit generic, but I think it definitely is worth a watch. I wish there were more action scenes. I know there's quite a bit, but there's those, quite were the, a bit. those were the best part, and I kind of just wish it just kept on going sometimes. And I just loved the bloody, visceral violence of it. It kind of reminded me a little bit of, like, John Wick in the sense there's especially this one or scene. Or Atomic Blonde. Yeah, or Atomic Blonde. There's one scene in particular with this uh, shotgun where they uh, kick the guy's like legs up and he leans forward and the one guy just puts the shotgun in front of his face and pulls the trigger and it's just like oh my yeah, goodness. yeah it was almost like John Wick with like team battles because they're all highly skilled because they've lived for so many years and their their jobs are professional soldiers but yeah all in all I really liked the four main characters of Andy Joe Nikki and Booker those were their I guess their names I really loved how they played off each other I do think. Kiki Lane, uh, who played Niall once again. I think she wasn't a great actress, but I will give her credit. She was great in those action scenes. I think she nailed the action scenes. Whether or not that was a stunt double, <laughs> I don't know, but she, those action scenes were great, and she, I think, nailed them. I didn't notice the bad acting, too. I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah, it's just me. Like maybe different, it's just me. Different movies here. Yeah. But okay. Um, but yeah, other than that, I thought it was uh, fun. I rate that a fun out of... Should you watch? I don't know. You'll have to decide for yourselves, listeners. So moving on, what else were you watching? I actually, so last week we talked about what the fuck is Quibi? 
What yeah. is it? How is this still a service? And I promised the listeners, I'm going to give Quibi a chance. And I did. I downloaded it. I have the free trial of 14 days. And I watched one of their highest rated, um, I guess, movies, shows on there. Okay. Uh, called The Stranger. So let's, let's do it. Let's go to, go to the news. Okay. Let's do it. So number one on the news, as website deadline reports, Kevin Hart's new series, Die Hart, arrives on Quibi on June 20th through June 29th. Kevin Hart plays himself in this short-form comedy series in which Kevin is tired of being the action movie sidekick and aspires to be cast as the full-blown action star. John Travolta and Natalie Emmanuel also star in this 10-episode series. Quibi is a relatively new streaming service founded by former Disney CEO Jeffrey Katzenberg that has raised approximately $1.75 billion from investors. According to publication Variety, Quibi is currently on pace to miss their first-year paid subscriber goal by 70%. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a large number. But yeah, you've been watching Quibi. Specifically, you watched The Stranger. Correct. What did you think of it? Uh, I, I also watched some of The Stranger. Did you finish it, by the I way? I did. I did. Oh, I you watched all 13 end. episodes. I kind of, I tried to branch out, watch a couple different options, just so I wanted to see what their service had to offer mm-hmm. in all avenues. But what did you think of The Stranger? I re- actually really liked it. It seemed pretty cool. Cool premise, which I think it's based on a like a British TV show, which I didn't realize because I looked up The Stranger and it showed me a British TV show on Google and then I had to specifically put in The Stranger Quibi. It's well regarded. One of the I think it is the like most well regarded. It's one of the best regarded Quibi TV shows if you look at Rotten Tomatoes specifically. Yeah. It stars Dane DeHaan. It's approximately I can't remember exactly. It's between ninety two percent and ninety seven percent on Rotten Something Tomatoes. Like that, yeah. So it's yeah, it's well regarded for sure. I again I watched maybe three episodes, so I don't have as good of a perspective on on it as you do i really liked it actually i thought it was a cool story a little bit predictable however that's not necessarily a negative it kept me on edge and i wanted to watch more of it and having those bite-sized pieces of like the episodes of being you know six to ten minutes tops is a really cool idea i watched one of the episodes while waiting in a mcdonald's drive-thru that's perfect you know what i mean i think that's what it's designed and overall, if from my experience with it, I think Quibi's best take, it's almost like you open up your cookie jar and then you just keep taking more cookies as opposed to like, you know, you're supposed to really plate your cookies to make sure you know exactly what portion size you do you have as, a, as what an analogy. psychopath plates their cookies. What do you mean? That's that's the proper way to do it if you eat in moderation. Otherwise, if you put them, if you just take them out of the jar, you just keep taking more out. So that's kind of, I think, the way it's designed. It's designed to be something you just continue to want to watch more episodes. Mm-hmm. Also, meant to be designed to be something that you would want to watch on the road, and nobody's on the road due to COVID, so that's causing a little bit of a toss-up. You so you got to the end. Was it a, is it a good ending? Yeah, it's satisfying. It's a satisfying finish, and it's a satisfying like thirteen episode arc. Yeah, and again, approximately 10 minutes per episode, so not not a huge time investment. No. Some of them were like, yeah, six minutes. Long. Yeah, The Stranger is uh, specifically a horror show. Yeah, like a, like a thriller. Um, you know, a girl on the run from a crazy like, guy. Like a crazy guy. Is yeah. she, and then it, it plays like the typical trope of like, is she crazy or is she not crazy? Sort right, of they thing. make the audience question it as well as the characters in the show. Exactly, and I think it's not... It's not amazing, so uh, I will say that it oh. does, it doesn't even hold a candle to the old the old guard. 
Okay. I would I would joking, say it's obviously. about I would say it's about the same level of quality, honestly. Where it's just oh, fun no way. to watch. Where I, again, okay. it's a cool premise, a little bit predictable, a little bit like just I kind of knew where it was going, obviously. Sure. But the weird thing about Quibi is I tried both modes, the landscape mode and portrait mode, because sure. that's one of the main like selling points. Is I wonder if the weird it. thing you're going to point out is exactly what I think is a plus about it. Is if well. One thing I think is cool is that they – I feel like these uh, Quibi original shows were obviously filmed with portrait mode in mind. I, I would say they were edited with portrait mode in mind. Edited with portrait mode in mind? Yeah, based on what I'm about to say. Yeah. But what do, you, why, what do you think about that vertical? Because you, you, so it's very seamless to switch between portrait and landscape. You would agree with that. It is. It's so quick. I can't, like, like YouTube is an example. It doesn't always flip when you want it to. It's odd. It, it takes a second. Netflix, well, it has to be in, uh, in landscape anyways. Yeah. But the idea is you can watch it in both, and it's a seamless transition. But I didn't want to watch it in portrait mode. Oh, so you just watched it in landscape only. No, I tried both, and it's just... You you get more out of it in landscape mode. You see more in landscape mode. It's portrait mode's just zoomed in landscape. I knew mode. you were gonna say this, and that's where I disagree with you. So really? the, the crazy thing about it is that both modes, and I was trying both modes because when I went into it, I watched Flipped, the the show with Will Forte, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the Stranger, like you did. But yep. I didn't watch both like the whole thing of either of them. I just wanted to give it a perspective for both. I tried them on AirPlay, so I AirPlayed it to my Apple TV. From my iPhone, I tried in vertical and horizontal. Uh, at one point, me and my girlfriend were both playing the exact same content, timed at the exact moment. So she was watching it on vertical, and I was watching it on horizontal, and we could both see both screens, so we could see the the difference. The vertical portrait mode, you actually get more of a, a face shot, and you get more height. So you're missing height in the horizontal mode. I don't know if you noticed that. No, so I it, genuinely didn't. No. There's also a little bit more room to see the emotions on the actors' faces because you're so zoomed into their face in the way that it's designed. So that you're right, they designed it. I wouldn't say that they filmed it necessarily. They, I guess they did. They did for they did for sure. They filmed it with portrait mode in mind, but not only for portrait mode. As you discovered with landscape, like for instance, the stranger starts with the two characters in the car, pretty much. Like, yeah. Pretty soon after the beginning, so I'm not spoiling anything. They're both in the car. If you watch it in horizontal, like the landscape mode, you see them both in the car. If you flip it, you're seeing the exact spot the director wants you to look. So if it's on the face of one Dane actor, DeHaan. yeah, right, it's Dane DeHaan. Then you're seeing Dane DeHaan only, and this is a an interesting perspective because it it almost makes you want to watch it twice to see the full thing because you're missing something on either one, and that's what's very interesting that I never thought I was going to think. With watching this series, I just thought, oh, this is just gives you the option. It's not just an option; it's it's even a different perspective, which is something I did not think. Was yeah, that's happen going that's into. pretty cool because yeah, I didn't really notice that. All I just felt was that it was a zoomed in like landscape, and I didn't want to watch it. It it is a cool idea that we get to see more of those actors' faces, but I just feel like I am missing something. I always it just feels like I'm missing their surroundings. And yeah, you, maybe it's just because I've grown so accustomed to watching everything in landscape mode that this new sort of portrait mode TV show watching is just my brain can't handle it. <laughs> to be to be yeah. frank, I I really didn't like it. And oh, uh, you didn't like it. So no. overall, your your rating of Quibi is low. No, you don't like it very much. No, no, like I just didn't like I I will never watch it in portrait mode. Oh, I just see. Oh, you know I, I mean? see. You, your rating of Quibi in portrait mode is low. Yes. Gotcha. 
there's also the benefit of the bite-sized pieces that you mentioned as well. Like, that's really another cool. part of it for sure. That is one thing I actually really do enjoy. What it kind of reminded me of is like a heavily curated, high-quality YouTube with like cereals. You know, it, it, that typical bite size. I mean, honestly, most YouTube things now are like over 10 minutes, which is kind of funny that literally YouTube yeah, videos are longer. Yeah, because the ads cut off. Yeah, that's um, that's been the trend because I think you can't add an ad for for AdSense unless you're over ten minutes. Please, um, something some rule about that specifically that's forced YouTubers to make longer yeah. content. I, again, jump into Split Focus uh, Podcast at gmail.com and correct me or throw your thoughts on mm-hmm. that uh, to us if that's slightly incorrect. But yeah, but it just felt like a yeah heavily curated, high quality YouTube that is just showing serials. Um, yeah, and it's really and I really liked it. The actors built in like the actors they hired and the producers it's crazy man Uh, i definitely want to watch the most dangerous game with christoph waltz and other hemsworth liam hemsworth liam it's liam hemsworth Um, that the only thing about that show is that it's not super well regarded like eh, it's not bad to try i do want to watch it too because it's christoph waltz he's he's awesome he's stellar so but yeah the one thing i like i notice is it's the, the show format is different because there's not a wasted minute Right. everything is all action all the time. Very everything little filler. Is, exactly. Everything is meant to keep you on your toes and keep you watching and bringing you back, which to me, I don't know how much I like that. It's I, almost stressful. Is that what you mean? Not necessarily stressful, but sometimes I like the, the slow, you know, episodes in like a TV show or a slow season of a TV show. We talked about Walking Dead briefly last uh, week and how like season two of The Walking Dead is a lot of people's least favorite because not much happens in it. But it's that's kind of the reason why it's one of my favorites is because it all it does is for 13 episodes or however many episodes is just build character and then leads to this crazy ending or mid-season finale. And I feel like you can't get that in these quibby TV shows. It's just go, 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 go. And yeah, I learned some about these characters and you get these glimpses into their personalities, but it doesn't give you enough time to become fully attached. Maybe if they were, you know, 20, 30, 40 episodes, something along those lines, I could become more attached to it because there's, you know, YouTube channels that I watch that are essentially shows. That might um, happen though. There, there might be a chance that if this service becomes popular, because again, that statistic of, I didn't say that they missed their goal by 30%. I said that they missed it by 70%. Yes. Like they, they didn't hit their goal at 70%. They actually missed it by 70. That's crazy. Which is unreal. And yeah. so that's kind of sad because I actually, I was surprised that I enjoyed it as much Me as I too. did. And, and you're right. There is that, I guess, missing filler aspect or not filler, but really the extra bits that we, we would get out of a network show or an AMC show or an HBO show just because of long form. Mm-hmm. But it's just a different format, so it it lends itself to that. So it's more yeah. of an exciting moment every step of the way. Yeah, which again, it's not totally awful. I again, I really liked it, and I would continue to use this service. But the I knew price, you were gonna do it. Yeah, the price. That's dude, exactly what I. What was the about. fuck? The price seven dollars with ads, and then ten dollars without ads. Yeah, you can get Disney Plus for six dollars a month. Exact note. I have the exact note here. Content. Yeah. Well, not endless, but for sure with. So much better content. There's not even much content on Quibi. I was looking through it. There's a decent selection. There's a lot, and there's a lot more coming out as well. They've spent is, over a billion dollars, I believe, already on content. That's pretty amazing. But 
me downloading this app, I like I was trying to find different things, and it, I just kept on seeing the same things over and over. I don't know again. if the yeah, there was the scroll, the way they do their cards to show the actual different content. I wonder if that could be improved. I think it could be because I had to search for the stranger. It never came up. Oh, for me, the stranger was the first thing that popped up. I, I wish it did because I had to look through. Right I'm like, there. is this show not on here then? And I had to search it. I was that doesn't make any sense to me because it's their best show, arguably. Yeah. So. But yeah, that is the main thing. There's no way in hell I'm going to be paying $10 a month for this service. No yeah. way in, in hell. It's not even that. It's just I, I'm okay with the ads. So just to be very clear about where the ads land, the ads land in the very beginning of each episode, which is not that bad. It's usually one ad. I don't really care. I would leave, live with the ads. It's not like they're putting an ad in the middle of an episode or something like that, and like in some YouTube videos as an example. Well, yeah, like uh, Amazon Prime as an example has ads as well. Like right, in the, the I'm beginning. I'm okay with it is my point, but the issue with it is it's six ninety nine and ads. What? Why is that the case? Just make it $5. Then people would buy no, it and man. scoop it up. Dude, I would, like, I would not pay $5 a month for this service with ad- advertisements. Because again, the idea with advertisements, you wouldn't. What would you? No. What, so what's your price? two dollars? No, I would pay two dollars a month for this. I don't. I, yeah, that's not, they will never make their money back. Doesn't make sense. Well, shit. Maybe they'll actually keep seventy percent of the people watching instead of only. It doesn't 30%. matter if you don't make a profit, though. So this, Fair it's irrelevant. They'd go under anyway. Yeah, I guess when you put it like that, but it's just not worth it. I think that's the biggest issue. Is I genuinely like this service. I yeah, think it's Canada, pretty cool. In Canada, Disney Plus is eight ninety nine. I don't know if you said that for context, but yeah, I think it's at six bucks. But either way, I think it's wait no, it's that's in the states. Yeah, I think so. That's that's the problem with this mm-hmm. is the price. I completely agree with you. Hundred percent. I like the content. I like the format. I like most of it. I like the I, idea. I do not like the name. Quibi stupid. Quibi the name and the way that it's marketed for uh, the price of the. I don't understand why they made it six ninety nine. I I will never understand it, and it will go under most likely because of the price in my eyes. I'm not a definitely professional businessman, but this doesn't seem like they're gonna su- survive based on what's happening now anyway. Because it's something something crazy like more than ninety percent of the people that took the free trial didn't continue paying. Yeah, for the that was service. another statistic that I did, I left out. Yeah, and, good point. And again. I'm going to be a part of that 90%, and it's specifically because of the price. Oh, for you know, sure. I would, I would have maybe kept it for $4.99, though. Yeah. yeah to be honest. Like, I would have considered it because it, it's cool. Like, I like that idea. I kind of uh, want to watch yeah. the Kevin Hart movie, by the way. Yeah, I the know. Kevin Hart, did I'm you going, watch the trailer? I did watch the trailer. It it's pretty funny. neat. It's, again, on, it's on YouTube now. I'm not a huge Kevin Hart fan, but it looks like a cool premise, and I really like like how they're portraying John Travolta. Yeah, it's <laughs> and ridiculous. It, it, just looks, it just looks stupid. Yeah, no, I, I'm a big great. fan of. I'm a big fan of stupid. When Now that you've got this trial, try Flipped. It is actually pretty funny. I'll give Flipped a shot. I actually did watch one more thing on Quibi. Oh, what'd you watch? Mind Hole. Oh, the Will Arnett. Yeah. Is it like a docu-series? I watched sort of, uh, like one a... episode. It's like a, think of like a Taj.0 style thing. Not docu, yeah. Like he's talking about um, specific topics. I watched one episode. It was total shit. Oh, it's bad. It was bad. Oh, it's really bad. Maybe I just wasn't in the mood for it. It was pretty late, but I just started watching. This. I was like, "This is fucking awful." Oh, okay. I I hate I hate saying things are bad like objectively. You've said everything is bad so far. I, I <laughs> just no, so we're aware. No, no. I, I said the just for the record, story. I like the old guard. The, I like the old guard too. Enjoyable. Uh, it's it's a fun movie. I had fun okay. with it. I had fun okay. with it. Okay, buddy. Um, and The Stranger, again, is another thing I had fun with. And, again, it kept me intrigued for 13 times 6 to 10 minutes. 
but again, yeah, there's just not enough on there to justify $7 a month subscription with advertisements, $7 a month with advertisements. And it's unfortunate because it's a cool idea. It's something super neat, something that I actually like. I Again, if they did it just free and then just had ads, like just straight up ads, you know, one ad at the beginning, one ad at the, one ad at the end of every show, who cares? That's fine. It's totally free. But charging me $7 for a mediocre service with advertisements is just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Because think about it this way. You can pay $8 a month, I think, Canadian, 7 or $8 a month. I pay, I think, $13 a month for it because I have the family plan for YouTube Premium, which is YouTube without advertisements. Family plan, including YouTube Music for $13 a month. Oh, including YouTube Music. Including YouTube Okay, music. I was going to say, that's, is that that great? I mean, they just no, lost the Karate Kid show. Did they? Yeah, the Karate Kid show is going to Netflix. Really? I, oh, is this another correction that we're gonna have to make next week? Maybe I'm gonna double know. check that. While kind of shocked, yeah, you keep going though. But yeah, they they lost the. Isn't that their only show? Like, what else have they got? They had Wayne, which they canceled, which I really liked. The, that was actually by the Deadpool writers, the Deadpool movie writers, the first one. Oh, it got um, canceled though. Yeah, it did unfortunately, which I really liked. But again, not including the original, like the YouTube original stuff. I'm just talking about the content, literally the endless amounts of content on YouTube that I could watch just totally ad-free for that price point. Yeah, you're getting higher quality stuff through Quibi, but not much. Yeah, Cobra Kai Season 3 is going to Netflix alongside Seasons 1 and 2. That's pretty cool. I actually quite like Cobra Kai. I watched both those seasons. Is that cool though? They just lost their, their crowning jewel. Well, again, they made, they've already made all the YouTube original series free, regardless of if you have YouTube Premium or not. It just, came, it just comes out weekly and has ads. Oh, they're just so they they're doubling down on the ad idea. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense for Google, who's very focused on ads in general. Yeah. But again, like, it's, it's unfortunate because I, I, I went into Quibi expecting to absolutely hate it. And then when I started watching The Stranger, I was like, this is not bad at all. Like, this is actually pretty, pretty good. It sold me on the service, and then I kept on being reminded of this, you know, seven or ten dollar price point. And I, I hate to be just incredibly repetitive and just saying that the price is too high, but the price is way too high for this. That's fair. Moving on to number two. Moving on. Website Variety reports that Netflix comedy Dead to Me has been renewed for a final third season. Dead to Me follows grieving widow Jen, who has lost her husband in a hit and run car accident. After her life has seemingly fallen apart, Jen finds solace in a friendship with a happy-go-lucky retirement home nurse by the name of Judy. The show stars Christina Applegate, Linda Cardellini, and James Marsden. Interestingly, Dead to Me creator Liz Feldman has just signed a multi-year contract with Netflix due to Dead to Me's critical and commercial success. Hell yeah. I love Dead to Me. I think I've spoken to you about it. Um, actually, no, we don't talk outside this podcast. That's Have right. you watched uh, Dead to Me? Yeah, yeah, I've watched both seasons. You have? Yes. Since you never told me about that. I because did. we don't talk about it outside of uh, this podcast. I did. If I if we did talk outside of this podcast, I actually did tell you that. Oh, crazy. But we don't, so of course I didn't. But yeah, no, I think it's a fantastic show. I love this show so much. I genuinely love it. I think Linda Cardellini and Christina Applegate's chemistry on screen is fantastic. I love seeing them together and how well-balanced their characters are because they're polar opposites. They, they, polar opposites, I Polar opposites. They're polar opposites. Opposites. They're polar... they are polar opposites, and they they they. I I know that I, what you mean. It's like a juxt, juxtaposition in the way that they are. One of them is 
not the nicest person and one's like an over optimistic person that's almost too much they're both almost too much actually yeah which definitely is pretty great and i just love them so much and i love seeing them together and how they play off each other and their relationship blossom into this beautiful friendship and just watching their relationship blo- blossom into this like adorable adorable friendship this relationship where i just loved seeing them together and james martin plays a wonderful character why'd you wink at me because he plays two characters oh i i see but there's no video here okay anyways yeah 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 (laughs) no he's great too i didn't know he was in it to be to be honest when i first turned it on me neither because not really a he's not on the marquee i guess if you open netflix initially it doesn't really show that what I'm interested in too is what Liz Feldman will do next. That's actually Me quite too. interesting because she's not new, but she's not done as much in terms of show running as she has writing episodes for shows like Two Broke Girls, as an example. Or I don't know if you ever watched The Great Indoors with no. Joel McHale. That was a show after Community. Is that any good? I don't know. I didn't watch it. I'm mm. just saying th- those were the shows that she contributed to, but she didn't really show run too much prior. So it'll be very interesting to see because this show is so good. It's, it's so good. It's such an interesting voice. Like it's not something that we've seen in a lot of other comedies. So we'll see what, what she does next. That's what I'm excited for now. As much as it's sad that it's ending on the third season. Yeah, I am a little bit disappointed because I feel like they could have definitely carried this longer than just three seasons. However, it's nice to know that they have an ending in mind. I'm assuming they have an ending in mind. And oh, I'd imagine they do. Yeah, I, and I think really it was fairly that. popular. Like it was, uh, from what I read, it was a both a commercial and a critical success. Yeah. So they they I think this Feldman was like, well, I'm done. Yeah. This is the story I wanted to tell. Uh, I believe she was saying that it was a personal story to her as well in some aspect, like of her life. I don't know how in deep that it actually goes, but the idea is that yeah, it's it was personal to her, and so I, I imagine. She's ending it the way she wants to, much like I don't know what what show we referenced last week ending it at a proper moment, but I always reference Breaking Bad ending after six seasons. Breaking Bad continually got better in ratings. AMC arguably did not want to cancel that show because it was the best in season six as it uh, is it season six five part two. five sorry i'm getting the two yeah it's two parts it's similar that's what we referenced last yeah. week we were talking about the two parters that the Netflix was often doing. But yeah, Vince Gilligan ended the show on the on a high note, which is amazing. And that mm-hmm. was one of the best finales ever. I'd imagine this will be a great ending as well. I really hope so. And yeah, I'm excited to see the ending of these characters and like what they do together. It's really like wholesome and it's really funny and just heartwarming and I find it like it's pretty much a satire of soap operas. I don't know if you kind of had that feeling as well, but watching it I just thought like this is so outlandish. But the way they approach these situations and how the characters react felt so incredibly real. So it's these like soap opera-esque situations where it's just ad- like ridiculous, but the characters reacting to those situations feel very grounded in reality, which I really, really enjoyed. Hmm. I never got, I never got that reference when, nope. I, when I was watching it. No. Oh. Yeah. No, I never got the soap opera feel. I don't know. I I did not, feel it was grounded in reality, though. Like it's yeah. it's a comedy, but it's very much again, it's a dramedy. Yeah, it's very drama filled, and then they they touch on the, the comedy aspects throughout. Yeah, thirty minute episodes. Yeah, I never watched soap operas 
much as a kid, but my godmother and my mother always watched uh, General Hospital. I oh, remember. good. So you got the soap opera, you know, the soap opera perspective for exactly. the entire show now. So I'll just, uh, you know, go back to you whenever we have a soap opera reference. Yes. Excellent. Good to know. Alrighty. Number three. As reported by Disney's sports media arm ESPN, Colin Kaepernick has made a partnership deal with Disney. ESPN writes, quote, The partnership will focus on telling scripted and unscripted stories that explore race, social injustice, and the quest for equity. It also will provide a platform to showcase the work of minority directors and producers, unquote. Kaepernick was banned from the NFL in 2016 when he took a knee on the field during the U.S. National Anthem in order to protest systemic racism in the United States. With the murder of George Floyd in June, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell apologized for not listening to players' concerns on racial injustice earlier. Colin Kaepernick's first project with Disney is meant to be a docuseries on his life. What do you think about this, Adrian? I think this is pretty cool. I'm kind of interested in this stuff. I mean, I have no real attachment to football and all of that sort of stuff. So the uh, first project being like a docuseries of Colin Kaepernick's life is not something that totally interests me. However, if, if they're relating it more so to like racial injustice and stuff, maybe I'll give it a shot. I think I think it's a good thing. I think it's really good to talk about diversity and have diversity and have these tough conversations. Again, we're recording this during some of the most fucked up times going on, at least that are just highlighted to us uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement and everything. And I think this is the perfect time to bring something like this out. Yeah, I'm curious to see what this is going to be. It's good to give Kaepernick more like time in the spotlight just because he kind of lost his career. And it's kind of terrible. And Goodall's comments are great and all. And I think he, he commented that if anyone wants to scoop up Kaepernick, you know, you can do that, but it's up to the teams in the NFL to actually pull the trigger. So it will be interesting to see if he also gets scooped up by a team, but it's been almost five years. And so will that actually happen? Apparently, according to other athletes, he's kept in shape. And so he's prepared to jump back into the NFL if a team wants to sign him. But I don't, I don't know. It it doesn't seem like that's going to happen because of how he went out. And there's just, I, I don't know. He almost has baggage, which is unfortunate because he should never have been banned from the NFL in the first place, clearly. So it's a it's a strange situation. So I'm I'm happy for him that he got this contract because it will be interesting to see what he does with it. Like he had that contract before with Nike. I don't know if you recall. No. Yeah, he was uh, he was plastered on like the Nike billboards. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was great at the time when he I, th- I think it was right after he was banned from the NFL. Yeah, good yeah. for him. Honestly, I'm excited to see where this takes us. Yeah, I'm not a massive NFL fan, just like you're not. Yeah. Um, if we have any less. NFL listeners in the uh, in the audience, there, just please write into us if you have any. Was he actually a good player? I believe he was pretty good. Yeah, that's from what I understand. Yeah, I'm I'm less of a football guy and more of a hockey guy, so I'm not super knowledgeable on this. But yeah, uh, tell us, I guess, if, if you have insight on uh, on Colin, Colin Kaepernick's uh, NFL career. Although we're gonna find out because he's literally doing a docu series on his life. Yeah, so cool. <laughs> we're gonna probably watch that. I, I'd imagine and that will likely be on Disney Plus when it launches eventually. Ooh. Number four, according to publication Variety, with the Hamilton release on streaming service Disney Plus last weekend, Disney Plus app downloads were up forty-six point six percent worldwide and seventy-four percent in the U.S. compared with the previous four weekends. Lin-Manuel Miranda's Hamilton is a hit Broadway musical about the United States founding father Alexander Hamilton. The stage play was filmed and edited for Disney Plus by director Thomas Kale. 
Although the number of app downloads certainly does not correlate directly with the number of subscribers, this data is said to be telling about the success of Hamilton as Disney competes with streaming giants Netflix and Amazon Prime. In May 2020, Disney announced that they had 54.5 million subscribers signed up to their service and shortly thereafter removed the option to sign up with a seven-day free trial. That's awesome. That's pretty awesome. I mean, I'm not the type of guy that's cheering for a like arguably one of the largest dollar company. Yeah, yeah, one of the largest <laughs> sure. corporations ever. But Hamilton was a fantastic play and something that I really enjoyed. And I think it's the first thing I've watched on Disney Plus since The Mandalorian. Oh, really? I think so. Is that seriously true? Yeah. You didn't go back and watch Pixar or anything like that? Oh, yeah, I watched uh, Pixar's My Dad's a Pair of Pants. Oh, yeah, there. Onward. Yeah, we talked about this last week. Which is like, eh. You know what's yeah. interesting about this, actually, this statistic about 54.5 million subscribers already signed up, is that their plan for 2024 was to get between 60 and 90 million. million? Yeah. That's and they're, crazy. They're already at 54.5. So they've almost hit their goal very far or very far back compared to when they wanted to hit it. It's interesting. It's crazy because you would think that you would see this sort of significant jump when one of these Marvel shows shows are coming out. Like, you know, Winter Soldier and Falcon. It's very soon, actually. It's coming out in August. Yeah. Still, believe it or not, I know you, I I had a feeling you forgot about that. 100%, man. And I wanted to remind you, they didn't move it. They had filmed it already. They finished filming and they, uh, they're, they're ready to go, I think. That's 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 fantastic because you're you can assume that these numbers are going to go even higher once that comes out for sure. This is really exciting, and then there's WandaVision, The Mandalorian comes out in the fall, still. Oh, crazy man! Season two, it's a pretty exciting year for Disney Plus. They had a WandaVision gap. is next year though, right? Or is it's that supposed to be December is... oh. of 2020? We'll see what happens with that. But out of uh, all the Disney Plus original TV shows, Mandalorian included, even though you've already watched it, which one are you most excited for? I don't know. I feel like uh, I'm a little bit impatient, so I'm excited for the Winter Soldier. Falcon and the Falcon Winter Soldier. And, I was going to say Captain America and the Winter Soldier because technically, it's true. But Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I, I'd say I don't know. I, I I really like Captain America and the concept of Captain America as well. And uh, there's more data or there's more information released about Baron Zemo. I don't know if you saw that. Did you see that with like him wearing the mask? And yeah, stuff? yeah. Like from be last a, year. Yeah, because he's supposed to be the villain in this series as well. Who? Baron Zemo is arguably one of my favorite Marvel villains. I think he was awesome in Captain America Civil War. Yeah, he's very he's complex. A, yeah, he's he's three-dimensional. For sure. And they didn't just you're kill about, him off. You're not talking about Marvel. You're talking about the MCU. Yes. Yes, sorry. Not sorry. because that yeah. could be anything at this point. Could be... Magneto was pretty great. Galactus. But yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I would say that one just because it's so close, and I had forgotten that it was that close as well. I thought they were going to push it back. I've been just kind of anticipating that everything would get pushed back. That was kind of what I was thinking. Probably my most anticipated, if they were all coming out tomorrow, would probably be WandaVision. Yeah, WandaVision is 100% for me. I think it's such a cool like idea and how they're— We don't even know quite what they're going to do. No, but uh, we kind of just know that it seems to be almost like a sitcom-esque TV show going through different— times like time periods so yeah. like 40s 60s whatever the trailer was awesome it was the one they cool. i think we're thinking of the same one but the one uh during the super bowl yeah that was like 30 seconds long or whatever yeah we're just we're just talking about football the whole the whole show here football <sighs> give me wings and beer 
that's that's what I imagine people that watch football sound like. That seems kind of, you know, kind of mean almost. I apologize. I wish we just lost all our football football fans. Now. Football. 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 Thank you for making fun of my falafel. Okay. Anyways, Anyways, I'm very excited for WandaVision, and it's cool. Like, um, not only that trailer, but that like a lot of people didn't like the name at first because it's like, oh, WandaVision. That's a dumb name. I think it's not. It's kind of like a play on words because not only is it WandaVision, but it's also a play on television, and the whole idea is them going through different like time yeah, periods and like that's a true. TV show. Yeah. So again, just the name alone, I'm 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 actually a very big fan of, and it just seems just the coolest. Because I feel like they're going to do the most with that. And I think they're leaning very heavily into Scarlet Witch's superpowers instead of just it being like telekinesis and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, there's other things. Exactly. she's mostly used the telekinesis. And she's super powerful. Maybe the most powerful. Avenger. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Number five. As reported by Canada's Global News, the government in the UK has made some coronavirus quarantine guideline exemptions for both sports teams and film crews. Most notably were the exemptions for the production of Christopher McQuarrie's Mission Impossible 7 and 8, starring Tom Cruise. This move to allow for film production to resume is meant to help bolster the economy in the UK. Film crews returning to work will be required to operate in very controlled environments. What do you think about this, Adrian? Cool. I'm excited. I miss the movie theaters, as we talked about last week, and I can't wait to see more Mission Impossible. I think Mission Impossible Fallout is one of the greatest action movies of all time of all time i don't know about that but it is really good i know i'm I'm, I'm being very hyperbolic but fuck man did i love that movie i had an absolute blast i remember watching the trailer for that before i ever watched any mission impossible movie and being like man this looks cool yeah that was a really good trailer as well it was awesome and it's the whole movie is almost like a trailer yeah almost like quibi yeah it just doesn't have any filler really no it's exciting the whole way through yeah it's so fantastic the set pieces are great. Yeah, I'm really excited, and I was really happy to hear that Christopher McQuarrie is doing the seven, like yeah. the next two movies. I think he did. Be... Uh, he did five and six, correct? Yeah, he did five yeah. and six, and now he's doing arguably seven the two best ones. I yeah. really love. Uh, I mean, I actually love like three on. I'm not a huge fan of the first one. Is I just think a little bit dated. Um, the first one, it's I didn't like it. Good, it's all right. Um, the second one's like a pretty shit movie. <laughs> You, you think the second one's not, not I think good? the second one's easily the worst. The first one, I don't like the first one because I'd watched the TV show years ago. It feels like this is dating me. But the TV show was, uh, I'd actually watched it. I think it was on TV Land or it was some. Oh, my favorite network. You know, talking about like the, the retro station where they, where they show like, you know, I Dream of Genie, etc. But they also showed Mission Impossible. The idea behind Mission Impossible is it's a team. And a team goes in, and they have to do these impossible missions. The The tape recording expires by blowing up. Same self-destruct thing. But the idea is there's a team of very skilled individuals, like Tom Cruise's Ethan Hunt, but not just Ethan Hunt. The idea is they're all playing off of each other. It's almost like heist, a heist every episode. And so the first movie, they pretty much remove every character on the team except for Ethan Hunt, which to me made no sense. And so I, I was disappointed with the first movie. Going forward, they've changed this. And that's why the, the last three movies, to me, are my favorite. Because they're very, very focused. or they, They're kind of focused on the team, even in the first one. Mm-hmm. But more so, I find, in the, in the last few. Because it's an ensemble cast. It's not just about Tom Cruise. As much as Tom Cruise is pretty cool. And He's his awesome. stunts are getting more and more ridiculous with every given movie. Especially Mission Impossible. The idea is the team. 
And having Simon Pegg in there, Jeremy Renner, not in the last one, but... Yeah, I was kind of disappointed that he, he didn't come back for that. I hope he's in 7 or 8, but who knows. Yeah, so that's the great thing about, about Mission Impossible. And yeah. I'd imagine Christopher McQuarrie will will have it set on the same path, and that's why it's exciting that he's involved. I hope so. I can't wait for more. Cool. Number six. As reported by website Variety, there are currently two Pirates of the Caribbean movies in the works over at Disney. The first was announced as a reboot in October with Chernobyl showrunner Craig Mazin and Pirates of the Caribbean veteran Ted Elliott set to pen the script. The second is a movie being written by Birds of Prey screenwriter Christina Hodson. This iteration of the Pirates of the Caribbean series is planned to be a female-led cast with Margot Robbie playing a leading part. At this point, it is unclear whether we will see Captain Jack Sparrow even as much as referenced in either of these two films due to the controversy surrounding Jack Sparrow actor Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp currently finds himself in a libel lawsuit as he attempts to clear his name after being accused by ex-wife Amber Heard of domestic abuse. Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote into us and said, Could I get your opinion of the Margot Robbie Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Will she be playing Red? Is it a standalone like Red at Pirates of the Caribbean story, a reboot, or sequel? The rumors that I'm getting now is that they are about to shoot this movie, but a script for Pirates 6 is also in development. If these were my stories to tell, Captain Jack would be a post-credit cameo in the Robbie movie, leading to the events that happen in 6. Thanks again, Kenneth Saddlebauer, for writing into us. But yeah, what do you think about this? This is a lot to unpack, certainly, uh, in this particular story. There are two movies. There's a lawsuit. Yeah. I don't have a huge attachment to Pirates of the Caribbean. I think, I don't know if you know this about me. I've only watched the first three movies, and I liked them quite a bit as a kid, but I haven't rewatched them in recent, like any, like recently, simply put. I did not watch, I guess, the, the fourth and the fifth movie. However, I mean... It'd be kind of a cool jumping on point if they did kind of like a soft reboot sort of thing with a Margot Robbie character and then kind of lead back into the main storyline. I really like Margot Robbie as an actor. I mean, I think she's great. The first movie I saw her in was Wolf of Wall Street. And again, seeing her as Harley Quinn in Birds of Prey more so um, than the Suicide Squad movie. I think she has some really good range. I realized that she's a phenomenal actor when I watched the tanya harding movie i tanya that really put her in a new light for me yeah she was nominated so, for best actress for yeah, that movie she as did. well so yeah i'm interested in seeing that it seems like a cool idea i don't know who red is though do you i do yeah so uh red uh kenneth Stadelbauer actually wrote into our previous show as well Chris notions and we know him to be somebody who really likes disney the parks which surprisingly just opened Disney World opened in Florida. I, I can't believe this. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy, but I no. I, just, <laughs> I don't I don't not, understand you are why not crazy, man. the Disney World would open now. But anyway, uh Kenneth Saddlebar is a huge fan of the Disney parks as well. The movie is built upon the ride. It's built upon the concept of what the, the ride at Disney World and Disneyland was. And so Red is a part of that ride it's somebody that's uh, a pirate by the name of the redhead and they changed their name to red uh to i guess be maybe more politically correct maybe but um the idea is she's a, a female pirate in in that in that universe uh, within the ride and that's kind of the idea and so that's what he's guessing based upon his knowledge of the ride i'm assuming it will be interesting to see if johnny depp were in this but i don't think he will 
to go off what uh, Ken was saying. It's, it seems like this libel lawsuit is getting more and more heated as we go on. Dude, it's fucking mental. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with this, but it's it's a this is a topic that's that's maybe not wasn't relevant because I think in terms of the movies, there was an announcement about the Birds of Prey, Christina Hodgson doing the which is exciting because I think again as you said, Birds of Prey is pretty great. It's great. Yeah, I really loved it. Yeah, like but the very top top of mind or topical right now is that lawsuit. It's just wild. It's I don't understand and they're both kind of ruining I think they're just ruining their careers, both of them. It seems like I just feel like Johnny Depp had a further way to fall, and so his career is going to crash a lot worse, and he may not recover far worse than Amber Heard. But it's not even like it's it's not on him. She made all these false accusations about him that were proven to be incorrect due to his like audio recordings and everything like that like she seems like a fucking psychopath yeah he's amber Heard character and the idea that when we were watching the oscars this past year because i think that was like the main um j- just before the oscars johnny depp released all those like recordings of of her being literally batshit crazy saying like like that she bit off his finger or whatever the hell or cut off his finger shit on his bed things like this you know, we saw the like a commercial with Amber Heard during the Oscars, and I just thought it was like absolutely ridiculous that there's such a significant double standard when it comes to this stuff. Because as soon as Amber Heard came out with just straight up accusations, no proof at all, Johnny Depp was canceled, thrown like dragged through the mud. People hated him for a good reason, because if that shit was true, obviously he should be hated. But then he comes out and actually like provides evidence of Amber Heard being. She had evidence as well, and that's the issue as well. Like she had pictures as well of her face, uh, and and she had multiple accounted stories. And I think that that's why there's a belief that he She's might have done truth. some of these things. I don't know, but it just seems like that tape was pretty damning. It was the incredibly record, damning. recording, but the problem is we don't know, and this is the there's a little controversy there because we can't really know for sure. As much as I, I agree with you, it seems like. If he was canceled, so should she. Like he was yeah. taken out of Pirates of the Caribbean, pretty much from even what's been in the lawsuit. He said out loud that he was taken off Pirates of the Caribbean by because Disney of because of this situation, and the heat is very strong on him now. And did he do it? Because he's claiming he didn't do any of it. It's a it's a tough one. He's suing the Sun newspaper in the UK because of they ran this story. And so that's kind of the idea is he's trying to clear his name, but clearing your name by doing this so publicly might be a struggle because people don't really remember. Your name's just going to get drawn through the mud. All it takes is one person to falsely accuse you of something atrocious. And, and then it's game It over. sticks because the internet keeps everything around. That's why it's so like scary, man. Because, again, I, I don't want anyone to be an awful person. I, I think I mentioned this last week, and the idea that – like. Obviously, I don't want Amber Heard to be this, like, absolute awful human being. And, of course, I don't want Johnny Depp to be this awful human being. But it's just, it really goes to show that when it gets to a point that someone says something absolutely atrocious about you, it's hard to get back from that, regardless of if you did it or not. So even once 
if, sorry, I guess I should say, if Johnny Depp does clear his name and it tur- turns out to not be true, any of it. Even if he does, it doesn't matter. Is that what you're about to say? Exactly. Yeah. Because like, it, it, it sticks. It'll be there forever. Yeah, because people will still not have, they won't have seen that headline, but they saw the first one. It's like, oh, well, isn't he a wife beater? Yeah. Well, did he do it though? Because he's claiming very adamantly that he did not. Yeah. He's got a videotape or a recording from Amber Heard's phone, not his own, by the way. That is basically showing that he doesn't sound like he he's been doing this, but she's been hitting him. Yeah, I it's a tough one. I, I, it sucks. Again, we don't we can't know for sure. We just we're not in the relationship, exactly. so it's impossible for us to know. It's again, this is a Nobody controversial was in the topic. Room when it, where it happened? Yeah, that's yeah <laughs> Hamilton reference. Very good. It's a, it's a tough one. If you look up this trial, though, I, I was yeah. looking it up to write this news piece here, and I, I just. I didn't want to go too in depth because I don't really want to dive into who who said what because they're both saying the exact opposite. There again, there's just so much. Again, read it yourself. You can judge for yourself. It's unfortunate yeah. this is happening, and I, really I hope that the the truth comes out. That Me would too. be what exactly what I want want out of the situation. Yeah, and I do want to clarify. Like, I I do agree with the. The, the whole thing that you should you should initially believe someone that is making an accusation oh like yeah 100 percent. Sure. again like there there is the court of public opinion and i think it is something that you should believe but it's people people can abuse that system which is the saddest part and that shit sticks yeah it's true it just sucks man it really sucks and you you can yep. you can never know for sure and leave victims but it's yeah again, because in this case he might have been the victim. Exactly. So and believe him as well, I guess. Exactly. Until it's actually proven, it's innocent until proven guilty. It's got to be that way. Yeah. And it's a lot of the times, it's just not. And Honestly, it's really sad. People and, have very little to gain for accusing someone of awful things like this. Very little. But she accused. Right. Is that exactly? That's what we do. Can't know. Yeah. This is so tough. It, this oftentimes no evidence too. This is just an enormous amount of evidence. I don't understand. It's just again, I'm gonna, we're, we should probably leave it at that. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything that you know, offends. Like, we don't mean again, to offend. It's just it's crazy. This is a crazy it's a, it's situation. A situation. If and you it, have it, any thoughts on this, for sure, just write into us again. Splitfocuspodcast at gmail let, let us know your thoughts. Honestly, and yeah, like I, I like learning from my own mistakes. So if I said anything just too out of you know, oh, for sure. We'll correct please, it at the, first, yeah. the beginning please of the let episode. Me know. Because the last thing I want is to be viewed as a shitty person for just my thought process. I'm yeah, ignorant. We, we can always re-clarify or anything. Again, crazy situation. To go back to the movie side of this just briefly, Craig Mazin is a very busy man. Is he not? He's he's written Chernobyl. He is doing HBO's The Last of Us with mm-hmm. uh, Neil Druckmann from Naughty Dog, the creator of the video game The Last of Us. Yep. And he's doing Pirates of the Caribbean 6. That's quite a busy guy, eh? I, I guess he's a showrunner for HBO's The Last of Us. So that's probably where his, most of his energy is going to be. But at the same time, he's also doing Pirates, which is a pretty big franchise. Ted Al- Elliott, who's also working on it with him, uh, as I'm sure Kenneth Saddlebauer, if he writes in again, will, will attest, has kind of worked on a lot of these Pirates of the Caribbean properties over the years. But yeah, and, and Hodson's pretty exciting too. She's actually, she was chosen to write uh, Batgirl. Did you know that? No, I thought wasn't Joss Whedon initially he was supposed that? to direct it. I don't know if oh. he was, uh, maybe actually was. Uh, that's another correction potentially for us, or just like write in if you have any insight on it. But specifically, 
she was chosen recently to do Batgirl. Joss Whedon was chosen for it, but it wasn't he taken off the project or left the project by his own will? Um, I'm not sure. That's fine. Again, if you know anything about that, uh, write in for sure. But uh, she wrote Bumblebee as well, so the Transformers movie, which was yeah very well regarded. Arguably it was the, well regarded, critically the, well received. Yeah, the, yeah, arguably the best Transformers movie. To be fair, all I've watched is the first Transformers movie, and I thought it was all right. A little bit on Pirates for me. You said you liked it as a kid. The th- first three, I, I agree with you. They were almost like a trilogy, though. It ended the story in a lot of ways. At World's End, the third movie was kind of a. It kind of ended a lot of the storylines. I thought it was fantastic at World's End. I thought Dead Man's Chest is fantastic. Ron Tomatoes does not think so. Critics do not like those movies very much. The first one's very well regarded, but if you look at the Pirates of the Caribbean history in terms of reviews, it doesn't bode well for, for Pirates of the Caribbean for some reason. I loved those movies so much, I knew some of the lines, like big chunks of the movie off by heart. That's how much I, I looked forward to the next one up until the, the third one. And then I just kind of fell off just like you did. I stopped watching. Yeah. I watched the, uh, all three of those movies in theaters. Yeah, I got into actual sailing because of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw them all in theaters as well. Did you um, actually get into sailing? Yeah, I did. Well, yeah, my family had a cottage already. It wasn't that big That's of a stretch. fucking bananas, dude. You should yeah. take me sailing one day. Yeah, maybe, maybe that will happen. I mean, we don't see each other outside of the podcast, but you know. We see each other. We just don't talk to each anything other. Anything can happen once COVID-19 clears up. Number seven. COVID doesn't live in water, I heard. Or on boats. Unless it's a cruise ship. Just remember, this is not a podcast about science. Number seven. Website Deadline reports that director Matt Reeves has signed an exclusive multi-year deal with Warner Brothers. Matt Reeves is currently working on 2021's The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne, which is said to be the first of a trilogy of movies. But with this new Warner Brothers deal, a new Gotham PD TV series has also just been ordered for HBO Max, with Reeves and Terrence Winter at the helm. Website Variety writes, this series, quote, is said to build on the film's examination of the anatomy of corruption in Gotham City, unquote. The cinematographer for The Batman, Greg Fraser, stated in an interview with Collider that The Batman is not trying to win the competition of who can go the darkest with the Batman films that came before it. He alluded to the visual tone of the film pulling a lot of inspiration from the comics and graphic novels, while also stating that the script is very focused on the relationships between the characters. What do you think of this, Adrian? That's pretty cool. It would have been a lot cooler if we didn't already have a Gotham TV show. That's exactly... Again, you just take my notes here. I have my notes on a separate thing, and you, you somehow we think of the exact same thing, but it's true. Yeah, Gotham was already a TV show we finish each other's... Sandwiches. That's what I was going to say. Yep, there you go. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that, yeah, we've already had a Gotham TV show, and it kind of, it takes away that little bit of like, ooh. The magic. The yeah. magic of the, the first time this was happening kind of scenario. Exactly, and it's it's becoming a, almost a little bit ridiculous. But the whole idea of this show is super cool, and then it's actually going to tie directly into the movies yeah, for once. I would agree. This is really exciting. I couldn't believe this was happening, but the Warner Brothers TV deal happened first, and I didn't know it was connected to Batman like a dummy. I didn't think of that. And then right after that, this gets announced. And also Terrence Winter of Boardwalk Empire. He's the showrunner for Boardwalk Empire, is working with Matt Reeves. Specifically, they're working on this show together. That's super exciting. It's going on HBO, which is amazing as well. It's awesome, dude. Yeah. Boardwalk Empire is also very good. I don't know if you've ever watched that. 
I never got into it. I watched, I think, two or three episodes and it just didn't click. It's well-regarded, though, oh, yeah, review-wise. He also, and you mentioned this earlier in the podcast, wrote Wolf of Wall Street, believe it or not. Ooh. There you go. So he's kind of legendary in some aspects, and Matt Reeves is really neat. I love Matt Reeves, especially after the um, Planet of the Apes movie. He wrote and directed Dawn and War for yeah, the Planet of the Apes. for sure. He Arguably didn't do the first one. The better but, ones. Yeah. Maybe. I actually really, I really like the first one. Me too. Oh, we were about to say the same thing again. Yeah. Uh, but I really do love the first one, but yeah, those Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War for the Planet of the Apes are two phenomenal movies. I, was I love th- that trilogy. I was thinking about this because we were talking about the quality of what Reeves has done and Terrence Winter, but if most importantly, what Reeves has done, if we go to the Batman, which hasn't come out yet, what if it flops? What if he does a bad job and now they have a show because they, they, I'm, I'm hoping that HBO is smart about this, and Warner Brothers, I should say. They're looking at what the Batman is currently and what it's becoming and realizing that this is such a great movie already that let's do it. Let's do it, Matt Reeves. You want to do this Gotham PD show? By the way, I wrote Gotham PD TV series. It's not named that. I, I don't know. We don't know what the name is going to be yet. That was more of like a placeholder. Gotham 2. Gotham. Oh, please, no. <laughs> I really, by the way, if we're going to talk about Gotham briefly... Gotham is it's pretty shit. It was show ran by uh, Bruno Heller, who who show ran Rome as well as The Mentalist. Uh, I could talk for a while about The Mentalist and Adrian smiling over here, probably because again uh, the the way The Mentalist ends in certain aspects, I can't believe. I, I enjoyed that episodic show quite a bit. Uh, Simon Baker is great in it. It's a fantastic show. But regardless, Gotham, I was. I was already tentatively going in to watch Gotham, even though it's about Batman, which I, I really love Batman. I think he's he's my favorite superhero. I guess he's not super, but... He's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. Uh, and so I was really I've excited to see this Gotham TV series, and I was... It sucked. It's the, I, don't, I wouldn't say it sucked. He, he's it's, a pro- um, it's a CW show on Fox. Kind of, a little bit, for sure. It's... It's not bad. I think there's a lot of elements that are good. The way that they handle all of the villains, because they're really creating the, the rogues gallery. That's the reason this show exists, I think, most of all. It's about uh, Gordon, but it's also bringing in the rogues gallery of the Penguin, Riddler, uh, Joker in many aspects. Many aspects. And I say this because who was Joker in that show? Anyways, who if you cares? have any thoughts on Gotham, throw, throw them into the uh, email. Who the fuck cares? I'm just kidding. <laughs> But, yeah, but, please let us know if you if you really did enjoy the show. I don't mean to bash it. It's not that I bad. Mean to bash I, I don't it. actually think I watched a lot of it, and I found that it was there was there was moments that had its moments for sure, and that's why I kept watching it. The other thing to mention as well is Greg Fraser was chosen for the Batman, and I hadn't noticed this before. Greg Fraser was actually, as I mentioned in this news piece here, was interviewed by Collider, and I don't do you know what he's worked on before? No. Pretty good stuff. The Mandalorian, Rogue One, Zero Dark Thirty, and he's working on Dune with Denis Villeneuve. Is it Dune or is it Dune? No comment. But he's great, and I I, I was very impressed that he's working on this, and that's another great sign that this is going to be a great Batman movie. Hopefully. And the idea of it not being a darkness competition is something that I enjoy the concept of. The focus, there was a mention of the focus between Bruce and, and Alfred. Alfred is cool. Played by Andy Serkis. Yep. Which is exciting. In terms of carrying this over to the show, 
But going into the show, I'd imagine that it's going to be very tied into the movie in that it's about the Gotham Police Department. Who's the head of the Gotham Police Department? Commissioner Gordon. Jeffrey Wright is playing Commissioner Gordon in the movie. Very interesting oh. casting. I'm very excited about this because Jeffrey Wright just keeps popping up in more and more things. And I think he's a phenomenal actor. I'm a fan. Yeah. So yeah. That's actually really cool. I totally forgot that he was cast as that, honestly. And it's HBO, and he's currently on an HBO show. So that's not. Westworld. Too, not much of a stretch to see him. And he was in. The Last, the of, last Us of Us Part 2, the video game. We're not going to talk too much about that here. Yeah. But actually, I wonder, if he was in The Last of Us Part 2, would you... Because they're making a Last of Us TV series, I wonder if he'll also be in the HBO version of that as well. That'd be pretty cool. That makes no sense to, for them to recast that role if they use that role. I don't know how close they're going to make it toward the plot of the games. But that will be very interesting as well. So there's a lot of information here, and I'm really excited that this is happening. I Me know too. that Gotham happened already, but it was on Fox, and... It was. A lot of the things on networks like ABC, CBS, Fox, not, they're not necessarily bad, but they often... They are, suffer from having to do 20-some-odd episodes. And try and keep an audience. And usually shows like Lost, which is a rarity, where it's very serial, don't necessarily do the best because you want to pull the audience in because it's a bottle episode where you just yeah. kind of have it all in a wrapped-up neat little bow, and, uh, bow tie at the end of the episode. Yeah, you know what's uh, funny that I actually just thought of how we were talking about how there's going to be just way too many Batman if you know we bring Michael Keaton back and oh, possibly yeah. Ben Affleck coming back and then we have the you Robert think, Bat and Bat. Do you think Ben Affleck's coming back? Maybe I don't really care. So Robert Pattinson, Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton, and the Flash. And then also that that I totally forgot Jorah Mormont in the Titans TV show. He plays Batman. Unbelievable. In season two. Yes, correct. Totally forgot about that. Yeah, that was a. Was that a good iteration? Did you watch the Titans? Uh, TV I never show? watched uh, season two. I watched the first season. It's pretty. It's pretty whatever. So it's a, like another an Arrow situation. It's better. It's like R rated. Oh, um, interesting. Like very brutal. Pretty cool action scenes, but it's just not great. Okay, fair enough. It's not great. And the girl that plays Raven in that show, what an awful actress. Okay. What an awful actress. You hear? She's a you young heard it child. here first, folks. She's a young child. I don't know. She's probably like. 13, 14. Like I don't, don't want to be the ac- actor critic. Honestly, I, I feel like I'm being very mean today. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> what I, happened I kinda, earlier today, buddy? I don't know, man. Actually, I take that back. I, should, I shouldn't say that. She's not, she's not good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Number eight. As reported by CBC News, Canadian movie theater company Cineplex is suing UK theater chain Cineworld for backing out of their $2.8 billion merger deal. Cineplex is the largest theater chain in Canada, while Cineworld is the second largest in the world. The deal between the two companies had initially been struck in 2019 and was scrapped by Cineworld. Cineplex believes this to be unlawful and seeks damages nearing $2.18 billion. What a disaster. Holy shit, man. What the fuck? What is going on? All I have to say, though, justice for Tanner Z. My boy (laughs) Tanner Zipchan. Man. I don't know. They this, did him dirty. This doesn't really affect that. I know, but, but fuck these companies for screwing over my boy Tanner Z. So to give it some context, Tanner Zipchen was pretty cool, actually. I love that dude. I don't know if I liked him in the beginning when he started to present. Because he, he, he grew on me. So he was a pre-show announcer, a pre-show star. He was in the beginning of every pre-show. If you're sitting in a Cineplex theater in Canada, he would be on there talking about a movie, interviewing a star, a director, or talking about a 
what people are excited about about the next Incredible Hulk movie, whatever it may be. Anyway, he was doing it for a long time, and then it turned out apparently they were trying to pay him with Cineplex scene points, and then they fired him when Cineworld bought, uh, when Cineworld was meant to merge with Cineplex uh, in 2019. It didn't look like anyone was worried at that point that Cineworld would back out of the deal, and I think they scrapped their stars because they realized they weren't paying them properly, and then on the books it looked bad. That's what I'm guessing happened with Tanner Z, but I'm not sure. Tanner Z, we're in Canada here though. And I'm assuming Tanner Zipchen is Canadian, but he is. He's a Canadian treasure. Yes, he's pretty great. I wonder what he's going to do next. I don't know if you saw anything he's doing. No. Okay. Well, anyways, Tanner Zipchen was kind of done dirty, as you say. And well, it, he was done. He was done dirty. It was friend. not ideal. That was an unfortunate situation. It I, sucked. I it genuinely bummed me. It out. had to be the merger that caused it. But then the murder merger fell through. The murder. The murder. <laughs> <laughs> Mada. Killed him. <laughs> no, no Tanner Zepchen, as far as we know, is alive and well. In terms of the deal, the deal was supposed to be finalized on June 30th officially, like completely done. This was just scrapped just at the mid-June or the beginning of June. This is a wild situation. I get it, I guess. these All of these theaters have closed down because of COVID-19. Cineworld was claiming that there was a material issue, that, that Toronto-based Cineplex broke the contract. And I wonder if the breaking of the contract was not opening during COVID. I'm not sure what the reasoning is going to end up being, but it's an odd situation because in May or at the end of May, Cineplex said, oh, by the way, this is still happening. No worries. And then it, right after that, they backed out. It's it's crazy, and I hope they survive. I don't care about Cineworld, but Cineplex has got almost all of the theaters here in Canada. So. Yeah, literally. So, I, again, it's pretty wild. That would yeah, suck. well, I'd be very bummed if they out. close, I guess they sell to small chains, but they're massive buildings. Like, can who can hold up the rent there? What am I gonna do with my thirteen hundred scene points that I've yet to use? Yeah, I've got uh, nineteen hundred or something like that yeah. as well. Yeah, I, I like the scene program; it's great. I, I hope that they solve this issue. What's it's, Scotiabank gonna do with their endorsements? Yeah, with their scene debit card. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I wonder what's going to happen. Good question. Who knows? Scotiabank, if you're in the U.S., because we have so many U.S. listeners, is a bank here. Let's move on to number nine. According to a report on publication Empire, director of the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Black Widow movie, Kate Shortland, has stated that while this is the last outing for Scarlett Johansson's Natasha Romanoff in the MCU, it's only the beginning of Florence Pugh's Yelena Belova. As Scarlett Johansson puts it, she's passing the baton. Cool. It is cool. I kind of wish this movie came out before Endgame, honestly. I feel like it would have a little bit more impact, but it's okay that it didn't. But I'm I'm excited. I really like Florence Pugh. I really like... She's really good in Midsummer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I honestly... This is one of the things I don't understand with, what's with Ari Aster's movies. Or maybe horror movies in general with the Academy Awards, like with the Oscars. Why can't these stars be nominated for an Oscar? It's just so strange to me. Yeah. I just find it odd, and I think she should have been nominated. Is what hundred percent. Yeah, she was fantastic in that movie. That movie is fantastic, and she's a fantastic actress. She's great. She had a couple of like three big movies last year, including Little Woman as well, Midsummer, yeah. and then a very well regarded movie as well called Fighting with My Family. Which yeah. is um, yeah, all three of those movies I think are above eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like all very well regarded. I believe she did get nominated as 
Best Supporting Actress for Little Woman, if I recall yeah. correctly. Yeah, it's Midsummer so, though that I feel like I, she I missed guess out I on. Did you see Little Women by by chance? No, I, I really like. It didn't seem too interesting for me. I do know that it's by the Lady Bird. Yeah, I, I yeah. think they just added it to Netflix or Amazon Prime here. Little Women. Yeah, did so, they? I should probably. I'm gonna watch it. I'm definitely gonna watch that. it. Just as a note, it's uh, Greta Gerwig. Is the Greta Gerwig? By the way, I I hesitated and I asked you about this before we started this podcast about putting this story in because I've been noticing this backlash online where people are saying that this is a spoiler for the movie. But the director announced this. Yes. So I found this in multiple places that people were like, wait, isn't this a spoiler? Thanks for spoiling the movie. But if the director says it out loud and it's on every publication for movies and TV that exist – I think that it's fair game, but I apologize yeah. if you feel like I spoiled it. It's also in the comics that Belova gets the Black Widow mantle. So not, it's not, not that, only so. that, though. Like I thought everyone just already knew this from that first trailer. Yeah, when she was I, think it was, I thought it was going to be assumed. Yeah, I, I legitimately thought that. So when, when I heard that article being announced, like, oh, it's passing the baton. I was like, yeah, I thought everyone fucking knew this. I just like the passing the baton thing. And apparently cool. that was Scarlett Johansson that said that because Kate Shortland, when they were b- filming... She was explaining this to Scarlett Johansson, and then she's like, "Oh, so I'm like passing the baton." It's just, I don't know. It's just nice. It's a, I agree. It's a nice little adage. Question: You yes. think uh, Florence Pugh is just going to lose her Russian accent just eventually? Just like, um... good point. She's got a Russian accent. So like think, Scarlet Witch, exactly. So, uh, who, who Elizabeth just Olsen? Talks, yeah, who just talks in like a regular? I've heard American lots of accent. criticisms about Elizabeth Olsen's accent in general. How it wasn't good. It wasn't. It slowly, slowly got ironed out though. It's interesting. It was kind of slowly each movie kind of didn't have wasn't there anymore. Yeah, Age of Ultron was very significant. Civil War it was like almost. I would not have left entirely it in some there. way. And then in in Avengers like Infinity War and Endgame it is, she doesn't have an accent. It's interesting though. If you were a super powered individual that could bend time and could go into people's minds and actually bend their their will and potentially see their thoughts in what they are in their native english speaking accent yeah maybe you could change your accent because you're a supernatural being i don't know it's hard to know because it's that's kind of a uh, maybe a, a little bit of a stretch but yeah it's a little bit ridiculous but if belova loses it then we've we've really kind of i feel like she can't really lose it she's been living i don't know well yeah i mean again scarlet witch was living in Oh yeah, she was living. What is it, she, Kazakhstan? Oh. I don't remember. <laughs> Wasn't it a fictional place? It was. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I I believe for some reason Scarlet Witch could lose it. I don't know why. I I just thought it was weird, and I'm it glad she lost weird, it because it people criticized how. It yeah, sounded. I was like, this is like I just really don't like her yeah. talking in this fake accent. Just That's hire funny. a just hire someone with a real accent. Yes. Yeah. Or, or hire someone that can do an accent well. I guess. I think I her acting's know. okay though. Elizabeth no, Wilson. she's she's fantastic. Yeah. I just think the accent was off. Yeah, she's she's wonderful. One of my favorite lines in Endgame is spoilers for Endgame. I guess is when she's talking to Thanos and she just like tells him like you took everything from me. Like that line delivery is fantastic. And then it's just the whole like I don't even know who you are. Like I love that uh, little exchange in Endgame. But yeah, I think she's a fantastic actress. And again, I'm excited to bring Florence Pugh's yelling up Baloba back or in not back sorry um, into the fold yeah into the fold I am very interested and I know we're talking about Black Widow so I guess it's fair game here in uh, David Harbour yes yes David Arbor's character that's the thing I'm most interested in because that uh, red what is he called do you remember 
Red Russian. Is that actually it? No, I'm, but I pulled that out of my ass. I'm really excited to see what he is. He looks like he's washed up. Like he's a superhero that was a superhero and kind of... Lost his touch? Yeah, he's not so in shape anymore, I would argue. Yeah, I'm curious about it. Alexei Shostakov. Oh, dude, Alexa. <laughs> yeah. Be quiet, Alexa. We're not talking to you. We're talking about Red Guardian is, is what his superhero name is. I was is. so close. Anyway, so that's really exciting too. And, I, and I'm kind of curious to see if they pull him somewhere else into the MCU as well. That'll be interesting for sure. The Maybe. other actress that I was mentioning, I, I was just earlier mentioning just to wrap up what it was my thought process earlier was I mentioned Midsommar and Florence Pugh was uh, skipped over for a nomination for Midsommar. Tony Collette was skipped over for a nomination. Oh, Hereditary. for Hereditary. That's what the, the train of thought yes, I was getting yes. to earlier. Tony Collette was absolutely unbelievable in Hereditary. Dude, she's fantastic. It's so good, and I can't believe she wasn't nominated. That was one of the the big to me snubs that I just was like, "What is this? Why wouldn't she be nominated?" And it's what horror the movies. French fries going on here. Horror movies, superhero movies. I just find that they don't really get you know nominations too often yeah. in the academy academy awards unless you're black panther where you get nominated for best picture what a fucking right character. but no actors were in that yeah you don't believe that black panther should have been nominated dude are you kidding me that is like the dumbest fucking thing ever is there any marvel movie that you believe should have been nominated no yeah, okay that's fair i don't dislike black panther i, I like it a lot but it's it, a great movie i've always is believed it an oscar movie hell no that's just like the dumbest thing ever and like the dark knight is a superhero movie that i could see nominated oh of course or logan yeah logan logan i could see like that because those are those are films those aren't amusement parks okay son (laughs) (laughs) hey hey now don't go down that road mr scorsese and that's it for the news now on to the montage a sequence of our show in which i briefly present the week's smaller news stories as adrian delivers a brisk verdict number one according to variety DC TV show Stargirl has been renewed for season two on the CW. Adrian? What a twist. Number two. Entertainment Weekly reports that while George Miller is recasting Mad Max's Furiosa to tell the story of Furiosa in her younger years, original Furiosa actress Charlize Theron says that it's a little heartbreaking. It is. However, I'm still interested. Number three. Jude Law is in talks to star as Captain Hook in the upcoming Peter Pan and Wendy movie. I like Jude Law. Number four, as reported by Variety, Netflix's Chilling Adventures of Sabrina has been canceled after two seasons. I don't give a fuck. Okay. Number five, according to Deadline, with the exit of actress Ruby Rose from the role of DC's Batwoman, the CW has cast Javicia Leslie as her successor to wear the cape and cowl. I do not give a fuck. Number six, as The Verge reports, Amazon Prime Video is, is planning on rolling out a individual user profiles feature to make it easier for family members and friends to share the same account. Good move. Number seven, as reported by The Guardian, Tom Hanks says that his sweeping war movie Greyhound is very much designed for the big screen. Hanks describes the launch of Greyhound exclusively on Apple TV Plus as, quote, an absolute heartbreak, unquote. Very Christopher Nolan of him. Number eight. Apparently, actually, he spent 10 years developing that movie. Number eight. Just hold it. Just hold it and put it in the theaters. Anyways. Number eight. According to Deadline, HBO's Euphoria creator Sam Levinson shot a secret movie project called Malcolm and Marie during the pandemic. The movie stars actors Zendaya and John David Washington. Ooh. Number nine. NME reports that Tron 3 is being produced at Disney with a phenomenal script, and Daft Punk is returning to score the movie. I don't give a fuck. Oh. Tron. Tron 3. 
Wow. You gotta watch Tron Legacy, I guess. And Tron and the original. Oh, watch any of the movies for any Tron Tron movie. You want to know uh, my biggest attachment to Tron? Kingdom Hearts 2. Oh, that's fair. That is the extent of my Tron knowledge. That concludes the montage. The next segment of our show is the new releases for next week. I'll let Adrian take this away. So this is for Zavi. I don't know why I started. <laughs> Do it Anyways, the whole way through. This is for the week of July 13th to the 19th. That is a Monday to a Sunday. This is taken from Thrillist.com. We only have two movies coming out this week, both Netflix original movies. One called Fatal Affair, which is about a affair that ends in murder. I don't think oh, that's no. actually the plot. I just made that up. <laughs> okay. And The Kissing Booth 2, where kids sit in a booth. And kill each other. Yes. How <laughs> do you know? Oh, my God. I don't know. I'm, no, they just, I'm a genius. They just touch their lips. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, the, that's. Uh, did you watch The Kissing Booth, the first movie? No. In The Kissing Booth movie series? No, I did not. <laughs> I heard it's a compelling flick starring people. In a booth. Yes. In lips. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, on the topic of movies releasing this week, last week was a pretty good release week for movies. Like Greyhound is, a again, a theater movie, as we just kind of looked at with the montage with Tom Hanks' comments. And the probably the best movie, critically, is Palm Springs. I don't know if you looked up Springs. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, and yeah. there's, I believe, what, 40 reviews? I don't know now. You have to check that. Else. The cool thing about that movie is it's a, a Groundhog Day type movie in which it's a repeating day type scenario. So I, I really want to watch it. Andy Samberg uh, stars in it. It's 93% on Rotten Tomatoes now. Ah, drop now. How many reviews? Are we 103. Ooh, I see. So it's quite a few. It would be exciting if we could watch it in Canada, but I've looked it up and I can't seem to find any source. You can't even rent it. Yep, not available. Only on Hulu. And we don't have Hulu in Canada, although we have Disney Plus and both are owned by Disney. Odd situation. I'm not sure I understand. I hope somebody scoops up Palm Springs, maybe Crave or someone else, because I do really want to watch it. That's the movie I wanted to watch more than any other for this past week. And we it just looks cute. I don't. I didn't watch the trailer. I actually tried to avoid watching the old guard trailer, but I, I didn't watch the old guard trailer. I don't think. And if I did, oh, I yeah. don't remember it because you don't. Yeah, you didn't remember that uh, Niall was in the old guard trailer. I'm sorry, Kiki. Kiki. Oh, right. You just weren't a good actress. <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. I think you're okay, Kiki, because I know you're listening to this podcast. Anyways, moving on to the next segment, uh, in which we take a look at some uh, some listener emails. Uh, which you can again send us by emailing us at splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. The first email and the only email, other than Ken's email from that we announced before, is from somebody by the name of Cabin Snass, who wrote into us after our first episode and said, Hey Simon and Adrian, Hi. movies and TV are great, but I have a very important question for you both. Would you rather have toasters for hands or for feet? But if you choose feet, the toasters must be continually making toast. Or you cannot walk. See, this is an interesting one. Because do I have to carry around a bag of bread at all times? It sounds like, well, you know, toasters have varying degrees of of toasting times. Do I feel the heat coming off the toaster? It, that is the That is also a question. See, we don't have this person here to be able to discuss with them 
the situation. And so this is the issue. Can you burn the toast severely and have it run for 20 minutes? What if the toast lights on fire? Do you as well light on fire? Assuming the toasters run off just their own energy, the energy of your feet moving, because they're, they're probably not plugged in, right? Obviously not, because you're walking around. No, we're assuming that there's somehow magical toasters that magical continue toasters. to toast without power. So they have some kind of power source that's we can't comprehend. Is it like never-ending bread as well, or do I genuinely like, do I I think, actually have to carry around a bag of bread? I'm kind of gathering here that you have to keep adding toast. Like bag bread. That, sorry, that, that's what I. That's what I assume. That's why well. I'm assuming. Um, but it's hard to know. Again, we don't have the primary source here to explain it. Honestly, I would choose toasters for feet. I thought for, you were going to do that. You yeah. want to know why? Because you can't play video games with toasters for hands. Uh, that's yeah, that's true too. Is that I, not the reason? No, because I was just sitting in a wheelchair. I'm what? Just, I'm just sitting in a wheelchair. That's the only reason. Yeah. But what is that? <laughs> what? It doesn't sound like you weighed your options very much. <laughs> I I, think no, I agree no, with you, but because um, you could still walk around with the toasters for feet. Again, as, again, let's assume that you can potentially burn the toast and you can run it for ten minutes. It's not so bad. Maybe be clunky. If you've ever dropped the toaster, you can hear that like rattle sound every time. You won't be doing any stealth missions as a spy for the CIA. But you can uh, you can definitely play video games. Uh, you can definitely walk around. If you have them on your feet, I don't know why you would need to be in a wheelchair, but it sounds you like you a, want this. Well, yeah. What? I'm like, I'm like, honestly, I wish it was socially acceptable for people to just use wheelchairs, regardless of if. Um, Isn't you, that what like a Segway is, kind of? I guess, but you have to still stand. I guess, but the problem with sitting all the time is that you create sedentary time. It's not very good for your circulation and uh, for your heart. So it's not actually that great to sit for too long. You're wearing an Apple Watch. Yeah, but you'd be doing the arm movements while moving that wheelchair. I'm I not guess that's the problem with your like I, circulation yeah, and your that's fair from the hips down. Well, so. you could still stand up. Yeah, you could. You're you right. know, like I just stand up every once in a while. Yeah, you just sit back down. Throw the. And you don't even need to. Yeah, you don't even need the toast in there at that point. You don't need the bread in there because you're I just standing it, up in I a stationary position. If I'm ever tired, then I'll start walking and toasting that bread. Does the does the toaster still work? Like, if I don't want to walk, can I still toast bread? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or will it only toast when I'm walking? Is I'm, it like, is I'm it like reading one of these it situations? here just to, for clarification. But, but if I, you I, choose feet, the toasters must be continually making toast or you can't walk. Yeah, so yeah no, it doesn't theory, matter. I could, I, could, I could just make toast whenever I want it. You're saying you're going to capitalize on the toast. Yeah, so... You could create a toast business. Well, not only that, you could create like a portable mini fridge or something like that, right? And have all these amazing like sandwich ingredients in there. So you know, I could have my salami in there. I could have some cream cheese, peanut butter and jelly, Nutella. Um, oh, dude, yeah, Nutella. For Nutella, sure. you don't even need to put prosciutto. In the prosciutto. Maybe some Havarti cheese, some honestly, cheddar. No, honestly, I'm actually, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually mad. hungry. Actually, that's yeah. what's happening. Yeah, I'm just mean, actually hungry right now, and that's. I'm gonna eat something. <laughs> this toaster thing is sounding actually kind of. As soon good. as I go home, I'm gonna toast some fucking bread, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tape. A toaster tomorrow. I'm gonna go to the store after work, and I'm going to buy two toasters, four toasters actually, no two because I can just swap them. And I'm gonna go through a day with toasters on my hands, and then go through a day with toasters on as my feet. And I'll get back to you next week. I'm I'm leaning. Is this more, the quibby of the week? It, this is the quibby <laughs> of the week. 
This is going to be. This has nothing to do with TV and film, Adrian. Uh, yeah, because it's. Um, I'm going to make a docu series. <laughs> okay, so bring it, bring it in. It's um, called. But no, I I would choose uh, Toaster's Refeet. Toaster's Refeet, final. The answer. great toaster, Strudels. The brave little toaster. Man. Yeah. But no, like honestly, it would be so convenient because like Toaster's for hands, you would just be like. Oh, like you're trying to shake a guy's hand and you just you just burn it, you know? Yeah, for sure. But also, again, you can't write anything. You can't type. You you can't drive a car, really. How would that be safe? Tesla. What? Oh, mm-hmm. I see what you yeah. mean. Automatic driving. Well, it's not available yet, so not not fully anyway. Not fully anyways. Anyways. Okay, well, anyways. I think that – does that conclude our show? I believe that does. Would you do Tesla's Feet? Oh, sorry. Uh, I would. Okay, cool. Because of the reasons I, I stated previously. Yeah. We, again, this type of fan mail, or what not fan mail, listener mail is invited. Please. We, oh. we want to talk about TV and movies, but if you have a hypothetical like toasters for hands or f- for feet, uh, you can do that as well. I'm a big fan of toasters. Again, please email us at uh, splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com, and we will uh, use the email on our show. Thank you very much for listening to the second episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter, signing off. Batman vs. Superman is a good movie. Goodbye. Take care.